This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. Okay. So what is up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. Again, this is a podcast for the unoffended but constantly irritated individuals. And remember, at the end of the day, it is not our fault that everything is so annoying. As always, I'm your host, Sydney, discussing the latest and greatest in the news of what has gotten on my nerves this week, because you know for sure it was something. But you guys, it looks like I have a new guest. And ironically, the guest that I'm introducing this week actually pitched me with a very unique and dynamic topic, vaginas. Yes, we are going to talk about vaginas. And I am happy to be joined this week by Karen Freeland, author of The Ins and Outs of My Vagina a penetrating memoir. You know, I love the wordplay in general, but I'm excited to have Karen with me here today. Do you want to give a quick introduction? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. So I am what I call a recovering corporate workaholic. I spent 15 years in corporate chasing paychecks and titles only to wake up one day and realize I am miserable and I was having a total midlife crisis. So I decided to write this book and become a full-time author. And as I was going through the process of kind of making this transformation and publishing the book, I realized, um, I want to help other women do this. Like I'm not necessarily write a book, but I want to help them find their secret sauce and the thing that makes them tick and their purpose, if you will, and help them, you know, get over that hump and get over their fears. So I got certified as a life coach. And now I have um, a small firm that I boutique, you know, agency where I help um, women who want to completely revamp their life. So It's been really fun. Well, Karen, again, I am excited to have you with me here today. Um, And I feel like, you know, I'm always excited to speak with my guests, but this topic is, you know, near and dear, considering the fact that I too have a vagina. And, you know, seriously, as someone with a vagina, I hope others love their vagina. And if anything, um, that it's your ultimate, it's like the ultimate best friend, you know, when she's happy, you know, when she's sad, like you, you know, and you guys, again, I am going to keep, I was going to say, going to keep this very lighthearted and like not try to generalize anything. Um, I know you even mentioned this in like the upfront of your book, but you know, for anybody that has a vagina, I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, this is just for women, like my non-binary people, my trans people. If you have a vagina, this is for you. So let's get into it. And funny enough, I also put a note in here about how when I was younger, my grandmother never said vagina. She always said, oh yeah, pocketbook or coin purse. <laughs> never vagina. It was always oh your pocketbook or your coin purse. Oh my gosh. Someone just told me nature's pocketbook. And I'd never heard that before. I was like, what do you mean? What does that even mean? No, as no, a kid, in my house, we all we're talking vagina and I got two boys and they're 12 and 10. And so we have said vagina at our dinner table more in the last two years than like all of our lives combined. <laughs> I love it. See, they they should know. I want more yeah. kids to be familiarized with their reproductive organs and so forth. But moving on to the very first segment of the show, we have fed up or up. So Mm. you guys, for any new listeners, I have this segment dedicated for my audience to get to know my guests better because what better way to learn about somebody than knowing what gets under their skin? That's that's how I personally think. But starting off with this week's fed up or fucked up, I want to give Karen the floor. What has you fed up or fucked up this week? Oh, I'll tell you right now, I am super fed up and it is also fucked up. It's, it's kind of like both, I think. Um, my ads for my book all got blocked on Instagram. And I was basically told that 
it was adult content. And I kind of like got looped into like maybe the porn or sex toy industry. And I was like, it's a book like about, about, yeah, no, I'm not kidding you. All of my ads got rejected. So I was pretty fed up with that because, you know, as a self-published author, I don't have a big publishing house or someone behind me helping to market. Like I have to do all this myself. So it's like a ton of work. And I'm like, can you just like help out the little, the little guy over here? Like, come on. Um, and then this is the part that's super fucked up. Mindy Kaling, and I'm not trying to get into celebrity beef here or anything like love her, right? She's got a show out called the secret sex life of college girls. Yes. Ads all over the FM, <laughs> all over IG. Just add, add for it, add for it. Oh, that's fine. You're like literally promoting like sex. And I'm just trying to tell a story that is not only about sex. The ins and outs of my vagina is everything. I talk about topic pregnancy. I talk about periods. I talk about tearing after birth. Yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of things that are not not all sex related. They're not. And it's so odd when you think about it because- but it's it goes to show that just the phrase and word vagina uh-huh. elicits yeah. such uh like a a bad thing and yeah, it's we- weird because you would think like but you know what though I feel like this is not to get too technical and not to go off of your tangent but I feel like this is the issue with us using AI technology. These computers Mm, are picking up on things and not taking into consideration, like you said, the full title of your novel. It just said it just sees vagina and it's like, oh, no, plaid. Right can't post right. this and that's ridiculous yeah. because I you guys if you are my close friends you have already seen this but there is even a market for people with like foot fetishes on oh, yeah. Instagram and they're not flagged at all it's an entire mm-hmm. community and one of the community members slid into my dms and I was very confused <laughs> What happened in that DM? <laughs> it was very confusing because one they were commenting on some of my photos where my feet happen to be out. Yep. But the focal point of the photo is not my foot. So I was very confused. And they were like, ooh, feet are sexy. But I promise you, Karen, in the again, in the upfront of the photo, it would take a person, they would have to do a second look to be like, oh, your foot is in oh, yeah. the picture. But, th- but when you have a fetish for that, like you see it, you know what I mean? I had a guy, now this was kind of the focal point, but like I had like gloves on to do like washing the dishes. And I was like, yeah, keeping it sexy today. Like it was a joke. And he was sent me a DM and he was like, post more pictures of you in gloves. And I was like, oh no. Okay. I'm like, delete the block. <laughs> oh, you know <laughs> what? creepy. And you know what? There is a fetish for everything. everything. (laughs) And I do not want to downplay anybody's eroticism or what they like. Yes, you can like what you like. But I was just so like, OMG, they picked up on that very quickly. Yeah. And it was very specific, too. They were all about souls. It wasn't just the like rest like your toes or anything it was the sole of the foot specifically interesting see I'm not a fan of feet like I'm just kind of like like if my <laughs> husband had no feet I'd be like cool <laughs> like we good <laughs> exactly like, was even missing <laughs> exactly so I don't know it's so but you know what though it's so weird I've, I like listening to dating and like sex and relationship podcasts. And one of my favorites is Horrible Decisions. And they talk a lot about fetishes. And one oh. of the things that they always talk about is the fact that a lot of fetishes are developed from people having an early experience with whatever they're the object of their like fascination right and them always associating it with some sort of sexual feeling Same. like it happens. Not- it happens when people are really young and then throughout their life, it progresses. Right. Okay. I don't think I have any, fe- I'm like, okay. I don't <laughs> think I have any fetishes. Me neither. Like I, there was a period of time where I was like only like dating short men and I'm glad I'm okay. over that phase, but I don't even think that was a fetish. I was just like, oh, he's cute, but he's short. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. At what point do you get into fetish territory also? Like, what is the threshold that says, like, you're now? And I don't know. Maybe, like I said, when you're just digging through Instagram, (laughs) looking at pictures of sexy souls, literally. Yeah, I guess that's it. (laughs) 
wild, wild times, you guys. But yeah, moving on to the main segment and main topic of the show, we have the make it makes sense segment. So you guys, again, we are talking about vaginas, the JJ's coochies. I remember in middle school, there was a guy who used to say cooter mama. Oh. I don't <laughs> very Never heard that one. Very aggressive. <laughs> but still, there are a uh, lots of phrases and nicknames for vaginas. But like I said before, when I say the word vagina, I know I am not textually correct. I'm speaking more to the organ as a whole. And oftentimes people don't even realize the word vagina is often used when people are talking about the external. The vulva. Yes. Okay. Seriously. I know you started reading the book. So did you see in the beginning and do you use the video in these or just the audio? I am using video. If you have any sort that you want to show. Yeah, of course. Well, there's the cover, but, um, on the inside, there's actually a note from the amazing Dr. Lori Mintz because Mm -hmm. she was literally like, girlfriend, I love your book. And she gave me a nice quote for the back cover and everything. (laughs) She's like, but do you realize that you're using the word vagina incorrectly in like 80% of the book? And I was like, well, kind of, I just found that out recently. And she's like, okay. She's like, we need to put a note in the beginning of your book. So like, literally I have a doctor like putting a quote at the beginning of the book, Love like, it. um, that you're, that I use the word vagina wrong. So it's so comical because the original title of the book was, I don't know my vagina because I had serious issues figuring out how the damn thing worked. And so then we like changed the title to the ins and outs of my vagina, a penetrating memoir, which was a much stronger title. And I think, you know, brings everything together when you think about it when you're having conversations with people at least me when I'm talking to my girlfriends or to my doctor yes I am trying my best to get as descriptive as possible but how often are we saying like my labia my clitoris my vaginal opening like you really we really don't use those terms but again even in a way if I fall that's kind of similar if you injure yourself if I fall I'm not going to be like oh my gosh, I injured my femur. I would just be like, oh, I hurt my arm. Right. Yes, exactly. As humans, we're not technical. We want to be as simple as possible. And again, like Karen said, I'm glad she has that in the upfront. Um, And one other thing that I thought was really great that I'm just going to include is within like the context of even your description of the book is hilarious. And I feel like draws people in because you literally say your story is about growing up, floundering through puberty, learning to experiment sexually, accepting your body, finding love and creating life and trying your damnedest to have an orgasm before you reach 50. And you know what? These are all things that I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Right. As but we woman, don't talk about these things and you don't. watch a movie and forget about it. It looks like she got jackhammered for 15 minutes and she had six orgasms. And you're like, what? Then I have them for me. Am I broken? Like, is something wrong with me? But two, I am glad we're having this conversation as two living people that are moving through the world with vaginas. Because like yeah. you said, when you see that on television, oftentimes that's written and directed by a man. I can 100% attest if a woman is going to talk about her sexual experiences or an orgasm that she has, we're going to be a lot more descriptive. We're going to talk about the technique start to finish. It won't be like you said, the boom, boom, bam, ram it in and so forth. But starting off, I wanted to jump into like a few of like mentions that you made throughout your book that really like stood out to me. Then I sure. also have a few, let me see, a few um, phrases that I found online from people in a survey where they talked about annoying things that um, people with vaginas deal with. But mm. Starting off, you mentioned growing up and accidentally mistaking your vagina for a penis as a child. And it seems as though that's something that a child would do. But what would you say your relationship was with your vagina when you were younger? Like if you could just say one word that described that relationship. Awkward. (laughs) 
maybe non-existent, non-existent okay. and awkward. <laughs> just like, like I like that. I like that. Um, even then, like, I know you talked about your family being modest. Did that result yeah. in you just being very unaware of a lot of different things? I think so. Definitely. And then it was like, you just didn't question things. You weren't going to bring something up that you thought they were going to kind of go, Ooh, that's inappropriate. We don't talk about that at the dinner table. Like, no. Yeah, definitely. And I think I was, I was an awkward, I was an awkward child, you know, like I just didn't really like grow into my skin. I had like really ears that we weren't really big. They just stuck like straight out of my head. I had like this big gap between my two front teeth. Like I just, I, you know, I was just kind of like not right in my skin yet. And mm-hmm. so I think for a long time, you know, until probably like high school when the hormones kicked in, um, I just kind of was like, boys, Ooh, I don't know. Like they're cute, but I don't really know what to do with them. You know, it's almost like Got a puppy, it. a puppy that like catches a squirrel in its mouth. They're like, and it's kind of like, I don't, what do I do with this thing? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just like all awkward. And then the squirrel and, like gets away. <laughs> and you know what? It's so interesting that um, everybody has their own unique lived experience because in a way I feel like my family was modest, but to an extent because I still mm-hmm. grew up in a single parent household. It was just me and my mom. So right. I feel like I knew the correct terminology for a vagina. I knew what a vagina was. I knew I had one. I feel like there were even times as a kid where maybe once or twice, I'm just like, oh, it's me and my mom. I can just walk around the house naked. And my right. mom never said anything like, girl, put your clothes on. Or what are you doing? Right. It was never anything like that. And I just think back to it like, wow, not everybody had that experience. No. Like some people, their parents would be like, you need to put clothes on right now. Or do not come in here when I am in the bathtub or anything like that. Like, yeah, even even then, I'm sure once or twice I had male cousins and my family would be like, OK, y'all getting in the tub together because we are not spending an hour trying to bathe you all separate right and I'm a kid like well what is that why is what he has different than what I have and my family's like well he has a penis and you have a vagina keep it at that and I'm like oh right. like hmm, interesting yeah absolutely and I think that's everything too like when I mistook my body part it was like I'd never seen one. So I don't really mm-hmm. know what I'm measuring mm-hmm. against. I'm just hearing all the kids, you know, in my kindergarten class, like snickering about like vagina, penis, like it, you know, and they're like, <laughs> okay. And I'm like, maybe I have a penis because <laughs> what is this thing that's like protruding out of my body? And it mm-hmm. really was my, my clip, but nobody you're still a kid you're like and even then I know how you like you make mention of it in your book it was more of not so much you were probing to look you just happened to take a glimpse and say wait a minute now there is one feature that seems to stick out and clearly from what I've heard when it comes to sticking anything that's penises so I am very much concerned because you you're a child you have questions kids are always going to have questions um another thing you make hilarious mention of is wanting to reach puberty around the same time as your classmates Yes. Oh, this is like the classic case of wanting something and then getting it and going, this sucks. I didn't really want this. (laughs) Just kidding. Can I return this? Can you take my period back, please? Like this sucks. And periods are so like, I don't remember when I first got my period because I really feel like it was very unmonumental like I knew it was coming um around the time of middle school I know Mm -hmm. at least in my school district we would have classes like health ed and they would talk about your reproductive system and like oh girls you should be expecting this around your age and things of that nature but I never really took into consideration like oh this is something that's going to be happening sooner than later I was always just like oh okay like I'm gonna have a period one day and then it, like you said it happened and I was like oh damn yeah had to go through this for the rest of my life and um another thing that I had literally just thought of is I around the time that I first started my period I was like okay from what I know I should be using a pad however my mom had told me about tampon but I don't know if you experienced this, um, but 
I had a lot of girlfriends when we were younger whose mothers did not let them use tampons. Oh, okay. It was, it was this weird thing around tampon signaling some sort of like premiscurity or whatever. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. See, I never had that, but I remember like a girlfriend of mine was like, oh, I, my, her mom was a nurse and she's like, yeah, my mom just showed my bigger sister how to put a tampon in. And I was like, wait, what? Like she like (laughs) helped her. She like did it with her. Like, wait, what? I was so confused. She's like, yeah, well, she's a nurse. And I'm like, yeah, she's your mom. Like, I was like, no. So I like textbook, get like the instructions out. I'm like, I'm gonna figure this one out on my own. I don't need nobody's help for this, <laughs> you know? But it is, it's like one of those things you try to figure it out. And then you're like, did I take the applicator all the way out? Did I do it right? Like, and you're so worried. Is something still in there? Like what's going on? And that's the thing that's so crazy too. I'm glad you brought up like the applicator because with tampons, if you do not know, I can see how somebody who would be a first time user would be so confused. Cause it's like, wait yeah. a minute. I hear about it as this thing that soaks up blood and it being like moldable. Whereas when you get it and it's like in a cardboard box or right. Like you said, the plastic, you're like, now, wait a second. What exactly? Because I have even had times now as somebody, as a woman who is 25, where I have tried to use an applicator too fast yep. and I've somehow jammed the tampon or messed it up. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to get another one. Oh, girlfriend, I am 41. Okay. And like, seriously, like six months ago, I was using these, um, you buy Kotex tampons and they're like the click. So you have to click them into place before you can use the applicator. And I'm like, why won't this tampon go all the way up? I'm like, what the hell is going on? I wasn't clicking it into place. I missed the memo. So I literally had to break out the box. And I'm like, I have to be doing something wrong. And I read the directions. And I was like, I am too old. And I should really know how to do this by now. But I don't. And it happens even now. You know, we live in a society that is much more progressive, even beyond using tampons, like they have menstruation cups and oh yeah, disc and even once or twice. Underwear. Oh my gosh, I want to get period underwear just to them. see. Do you like them? Sort of. So I will tell you, I love for the overnight. Okay, like okay. the overnight deal is my jam. Okay. Um, I just tried them, and if you, if anyone follows me on Instagram at Karen Freeland, Karen with an I. Um, you will see a picture of the underwear. They did not hold up for day one. We had a, we had a little accident there. <laughs> so, um, but to the period underwear's credit, um, they were for moderate flow. And so my first day uh, is anything but moderate. So I think uh, I just had the wrong level diaper, but I'm like, I don't really know that I want something that's got more padding. Like I already feel like I'm wearing kind of a diaper. So the jury's out on period underwear for the day, but end of your cycle, nighttime, big thumbs up. I can see that. I have, I've definitely heard my girlfriends be like, this is something that I'm interested in. And I would want to try because like you said, at nighttime, you're not trying to worry about, okay, I have to sleep this way, or I have to get up and change a pad or change a tampon. You just want to literally go to sleep. But at the same time, you're like, I don't want to go to sleep and wake up and then look like a mass murderer. Right. (laughs) Like, no, I don't want that to happen. Even there was a point in time where I, oh my gosh, I had ventured into the disc territory just because people were like, this is something that is easier. You're using less waste considering that the disc hold more blood and you can have them in longer. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. There was a female owned company. I forgot the name of it, but I was like, I'm going to purchase it. I feel empowered. I'm a feminist. Hell yeah, let's do it. Right. And Carrie, girl, when I tell you, you got to get up in there to put that thing on. Oh, my God. I was like, I am my own like gynecologist yes. because it has to sit around your cervix. And man, another thing, when if in any of my male listeners, I'm sure some of you all think you know more than you actually do. But the vaginal canal, it's it's shallow, but still thinking about the depth that you have to press a lot of these items up into a vagina it was a lot to reach back up in there (laughs) and get the thing over my cervix and even then I'm digging around like 
well, I hope this is my cervix. I can't go any further. Well, that would be me. I don't know where my cervix is. I even say it in the book in one of the chapters where the, the gynecologist for the, um, my OB for the delivery was like, I'm just going to check your cervix and see how far dilated you are. And I literally say, well, I hope you know where it is. Cause I sure don't like, I mean, I have no clue when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the period on where you just slap them on your body and you're done. <laughs> That's and it's my speed. So, but again, it's so like back, even when I used it, once it's in there, it's comfortable. But mm-hmm. again, just as hard as it is to get in, it's just as harder out. to get out. So I'm and back not to make a mess, more. right? Because that's what I've heard. Like taking it out, then it's just like it just goes everywhere. <laughs> and you know what they said? Like one thing that they do recommend when you take it out, they say do it in a shower because that makes the most sense. Just because right. it's already running water, it's not yeah. going to likely make a mess. But it's still like okay. I'm shaving, but this is like shaving 5.0. Like my foot is on the wall and I am knuckles deep in my vagina. Like, no, it's it's still like, this is a lot. This is a lot to handle. Um, One last topic that I was going to touch on within your book that I love is you talk about lube and lubricants. People hate lube. Even a lot of people with vaginas. I've heard people very much downplay lube. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things, well, one of the ways that lube got brought up is actually when I was getting ready to birth the baby, um, the gynecologist was like, rub olive oil on the outside of your vagina, the, the perennial, I think it's called perineum. I don't know. I'm totally butchering this because again, I don't know my vagina. So anyway, you want to like lube it up, I guess, to make the skin more supple. And so it doesn't tear. And so I'm like trying to do this in the chapter, all lubed up with nowhere to go. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but I same thing. Like I can't get my fingers in the right position. I can't do the little pendulum move that she showed me. And it was like a total nightmare. So, um, that was kind of how the lube conversation got up, but I did try that like cream that you put on your clit. It's like, uh, I think it was called like euphoria for women or something. I don't know. And you like, it's supposed to like make it more sensitive. The jury's out on whether it like <laughs> did a lot, but like, I kind of just liked putting it on and, like, a little bit. So I was like, Oh, kind of nice. So yeah. Um, literally right before our, like, even I feel like even before I set this up, like sent you the zoom link for this, uh, call, there was like a trend on Twitter, like it was Krispy Kreme was trending and it was not trending for the cream that we know and love. It was <laughs> trending because they have a Krispy Kreme lube. What? Yes. <laughs> so it tastes like a Krispy Kreme? That was the claim. I don't know. I don't think the photo was altered. You know, people can do a lot with Photoshop, yeah. but it was literally like a KY jelly regular lube next to it said Krispy Kreme flavored lube and it was like donut um, your favorite donut glaze now in a lube and I would be <laughs> so frightened if I was about to engage in any sexual activity with a man and they pulled out Krispy Kreme lube yeah yeah I think that would make me uncomfortable like it's a lot of things that I feel like should not be near your vagina but I feel yeah. like that's definitely number one let me see if I can find Yes, it says whole glaze. Can you see? I do. Okay. Wow. That does look pretty legit. Warm and sticky glaze donut flavored warming personal lubricant. I feel like this is not sponsored by Krispy Kreme, but I can be wrong. They have their hands in a lot of different (laughs) industries, but this seems like their penises. We don't know what's in it. (laughs) This seems like the strangest one. Yeah, that does seem really odd. I had a bad experience once with some body butter. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, talk about coming up in a modest household and not giving you the memo that you need to pee after sex. Oh, I landed myself with a nice little urinary tract infection. Let me tell you what. So I'm really hesitant to put a lot of things near my vagina from that experience. But when I do, it's like immediate shower afterwards, pee, like everything. I'm like super nervous about it. Cause I'm like, that's the last thing I need. But too, I feel like a lot of things 
are not built with vaginas in mind. Like when you think about lubricants, condoms, even tampons, like even for a while, I know my mom, she's very much, she's not a hippie, but my mom is very much like vegan, natural. Like she tries to go that route. So even before the organic craze, my mom was using organic tampons Mm -hmm. and she would just always talk about having less like um, symptoms of her cycle and cramping and different things. And I knew about this like way before you can go into Target and you can see all of these different natural products. So even when you think about the market of feminine products, most of them are created by men. And what do yes. men know about vaginas? Nothing. Right. Exactly. So I love, that's why I love that you got like a disc from like a female owned company, you know, like, you know, at least we're supporting each other. Even if it doesn't work, <laughs> we, support, <laughs> we are supporting each other. But you guys, um, as a last part of this segment, I am going to get into slightly annoying struggles people with vaginas deal with. And mm-hmm. I picked from this list, I have found it on BuzzFeed because, you know, BuzzFeed, king and queens of the list. Um, so one thing that they called out being annoying, and I'm sure everybody can relate, gynecologists. Oh, yeah. The worst, but I, and I only go to females. I like refuse to go to a male mm-hmm. gynecologist. Like, um, I did pharmaceutical sales for years. I dealt with all kinds of weird sexual harassment and weird situations. And I was like, oh, hell's to the no. I was like, never getting naked in front of a man again. <laughs> Doctor, still, anyway. Like, even though you like with the gynecologist appointment, you know, you're there to get your lady parts checked out. You want everything to be fine. Like you are there because you have your health in mind. It's right. just- the environment doesn't seem very lady friendly. Like you're on a hard ass bench. They're telling you to scoot down. You're putting your feet in metal stirrups. They're not even like cushion. It's literally like these hard ass, like literally it's almost like jail. If they were to put (laughs) a a chain over your foot, you would be like, okay, this makes sense because it's so uncomfortable. And even in the lights, like gynecologist appointments, I know you're out there saving lives and you're checking for ovarian cancer, but I still do not like you. Um, another thing they said that are annoying to deal with yeast infections. Oh God, I haven't had one of those in years and thank God I am going to just right now, right. We're doing the cross, the rosary, all that stuff. Cause I do not ever want to get another one of those. You got to put all that cream up in there and like this little applicator and you shoot all this cream up there to eat the yeast or whatever it's doing. And then you walk around, you got to lay down. You can't move for like a week because at the second you stand up, all that cream just comes right back out of you. But the thing that's crazy about yeast infections is that literally anything can set them off. So yeah, again, yeast infections, they're not STIs, but they are caused by like an influx of yeast in your vaginal area, whatever sort of moisture. Um, But there are so many different things that can contribute to it because I know, for instance, TMI, but you guys, we already talking about vaginas, but literally- I remember when I had my first yeast infection, it was literally from me starting birth control. My whole oh, yeah. hormone, like all of my hormones were adjusting to the birth yep. control. And in that instance, it was like, oh, girl, we finna throw some yeast in there. And I'm like, yeah. what is this? Like, oh my gosh. I remember I was dating at the time. Like I was oh. in a very monogamous relationship. I'm like, oh my God, did you give me something? And he's like, no. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah. We always hey, think calm. it's an STD, right? Like we all, like, that's what I thought with the urinary tract infection. I was like, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> but it's, but it would make more sense to talk with younger girls who are teenagers. Like this is very common, right? It's nothing to even do with your hygiene, so to speak. It's just those no. hormonal changes, your body adjusting to whatever, or having like some sort of reaction in Literally, it can be gone if you catch it within whatever time span. But right. it's still crazy because, like you said, we're literally like, "Oh my god, I'm it's over, never yeah. again." <laughs> but yeah. it's so common. Um, oh man, this one is hilarious. Having to sit or squat when you gotta pee instead of in being a public able- restroom. <laughs> public yep, restrooms or you make are the, the nest. Worst. 
you know, like you like get like a 300 pieces of toilet paper and make like a little nest for yourself or something. And I feel yeah. like it's for me, it's one thing to urinate in a public restroom, but it's like the nastier the restroom is. I just can't do it. There have been times right. where I've been at bars or concerts or going to clubs and I'm just like, this is so bad. I will just risk peeing through my pants right. and pulling off my pants and peeing in here. Right. Like, no. Yeah, I'll just go in the woods. Like, just give me a tree. It's no way, but that whole squatting thing. Um, Ooh, especially squatting with heels on. Forget it. Oh my God. Do you want to know a really funny story? I've never told anyone this. This is so funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's funny. Exclusive. I don't want to build it up too much. Exclusive. Heard only here. So we, I used to be an actress. And so like one of, I like auditioned for, to be this like mom on a nanny speed dating thing that was going to be filmed on TV. I didn't have kids. I had to just pretend interview someone to be a nanny for me, even though I was, yeah, it was crazy. So anyway, I, when I got there, I had come from work and I had to pee so bad. And I like, same thing was like, I got a hover and I had heels on. And so like, I pulled my pants down, but apparently I didn't pull them down quite far enough. And I peed like all over the back of my pants. And then I had to go out and be filmed on this like speed dating thing. And I was just like in the bathroom underneath the, um, the dryer the hand dryer like trying to like dry my ps so yeah so there you go that's annoying thing about vaginas <laughs> top that <laughs> you know i never i never peed on myself and had First that experience. well not even you didn't even pee on yourself you just happened to get pee on yourself but i remember as a kid one time it was nothing to do with pee but me and my family had visited a beach and you know, little kids, they don't know like the the um wave of the ocean. Oh yeah. It mm-hmm. has whatever, it does something to your equilibrium and it can throw it off. So I was a right. kid and I was trying to run along the water and I got swept up in the wave. And literally my pants and shorts were soaking wet. And my oh. grandmother took me to the restroom. It was like blow drying my pants. Yes. And making me stand in the restroom stall so she could like blow dry my underwear. And people are like, oh, ma'am, can I please use a dry to wash my hands? Like, I don't know what you and this little girl got in here going on. But, and literally I had to walk around the rest of the day. Like my, I was like, yeah, like my shorts and underwear are wet. And he's like, <laughs> we go figure it out. Oh, and I um, hate wet underwear. That's the worst feeling. Ugh. Anything oh. wet on your mm. body with clothes disgusting um yes another thing they talk about and I'm sure everybody can relate to this putting yourself through the pain of shaving or waxing Mm. oh yeah I've only done one wax um I do talk about it in the book and it was a nightmare and then I was just like well we're never doing this again it was was a nightmare how (sighs) well I just it's very awkward for me. And I like sweated a lot the whole time because I was just like, this is so uncomfortable. Like, and I went like right after my shower, I had like the first appointment, like right when they opened and I was <laughs> you were like, I am here dizzy. at nine o'clock. Yes. Oh my gosh. It might've been eight fifteen. I don't even know, but I was like in there early. And, um, you know, first I see her coming at me with the scissors. I'm thinking, what the shit are you doing with scissors? She's like, relax. I'm just going to trim it first before I shave. And I was like, okay, she's like cutting it with scissors. And I'm like, this is, I don't, I just don't like this. I'm too vulnerable. I just didn't like showing all the goods. Um, But I was young and tight and good then. So, I mean, I guess I should have been like, yeah, check it out. I don't know. But I just wasn't, that wasn't how I rolled. So I get done. I think I'm done. She's like, okay, flip over. And I'm like, come wait, again. wait, 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 flip over. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, excuse me, flip, flip over. I was like, oh God, this woman's trying to upcharge me with a butt wax. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, look, is this the, like, is this included? Do I even need this? She's like, oh no, it's included. She's like, and you should get it. And I'm like, Okay. okay. <laughs> Super great. It's just like the most mortifying thing ever. You're on all fours. She's like gently parting your butt and like spreading. And I was just so, like, okay. So I, 
for a period of time, I get waxes and stuff. And I feel like I like waxes because they're so clean. Like they leave you really, really, right. really clean. You feel like, okay, so I'm soft. A, I'm a baby. I, <laughs> I, there is no hair. Like this is it. But it is so invasive. Like I, for a period of time, I would be going to European wax center. And yeah. when you think about it, the waxers, they try to make light of it because how many vaginas do they see per day? Hundred. Like they see right. tons of vaginas. Don't think you special because you butt naked on a table. Right. You need to butterfly and come on. My thing is just when I get people that are rough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so far I've only had maybe one experience where a woman was just like killing me. Right. And I literally was like, if she spreads any more wax on me, I am flipping this fucking table over and running out of here. Like there is no way because I don't know what it was. And she was trying to make light of it. Like, oh, how, how's your week going? What are you up to? Are you going on vacation? And I was trying literally. And for the most part, I'm used to that because I've been getting waxes probably since like maybe like junior year of college. Because I was just like, you know what? I'm grown. Yes, I'm having sex and yes, I'm wearing lingerie. I want this to be as smooth Ooh. and silky as possible. And I felt like at the time, I'm not getting silky with my razor bumps or anything no. of that nature. Right. But when I went to this one particular waxer, I don't know if her energy was off and it just wasn't aligning. But when I tell you every rip and shred felt like, I don't know, like torture. Mm-hmm. I was literally like, I do not know how much longer I can stay here. And that's even crazier, though, that you said with your waxer, she made you get on all fours. Because whenever I would get Brazilian, Brazilian folks, that's, that's your butthole. They would just yeah. make me do knees to chest, which I mean, that's oh. not more dignifying because no. <laughs> your, your knees are to your chest and your ass is just out in right. the open. But that's interesting. All four. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, I was like, well, that's my first and last. Thank you very much. I can check that off the bucket list and we're done here. It's and my husband. He kind of likes a little prickle. It's like, that's like a weird thing for him, I think. So I'm like, all right, cool, dude. That, that helps me. You like, you know what? This works out in both of our favors. Oh my gosh. Well, Karen, I can definitely say this has been hilarious. Are there any other tips that you want my listeners to leave with who have vaginas or any like motto or saying that just comforts you as a person with a vagina? Okay. Um, Oh God. I don't know. Uh, That's a good question. Speak up, like talk to your partner, tell them what you like, what you want. Cause I didn't for years. Um, and I just like kept it to myself and um, your friends not having better sex than you. So stop comparing yourself to someone else's life because She's not, she's faking it. She's lying probably. So I love that because again, most of I'm in my twenties, a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. are. So I feel like that is very revolutionary and bringing that revelation to people because I've had so many people, I've had so many people think in instance, oh my gosh, I cannot let this go. The guy go, he gives me the best sex of my life. And then I talk with them later and they're like, actually the person who I've been dating, like for maybe like a month and a half since this person is actually the best. And I actually have an orgasm. And I'm like, wait a minute, girl, you were saying that man was the best of your life and you had never orgasm. Right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, uh, I I want, I want more for the girls, but I feel like that is a great note to leave on ladies. Talk to your partners take into consideration your needs and again your vagina is going to tell you what she likes and doesn't like it's not going to be a guessing game with her she knows mm-hmm. <laughs> moving on to the final segment of the show we have you are drove so you guys for all my non-st louisans um this is terminology for when you think something was going to work out in your favor you know um, and it just doesn't. It happens to all of us 
we thought we were going to get the goods. Um, we thought it was going to be amazing and beautiful. And it just wasn't because that's life. That's how it happens. But this week, I am going to be talking about a story. It's not funny in a sense. I kind of feel bad for the person who I'm talking about, but she put her business out there. So it has to be talked about. She wanted conversation about this, but my best friend is my, okay. My best friend is my baby's godmother and also stepmother. So during the birth of a child, you'd expect those closest to you to be nearby or even in the delivery room. You know, I don't have any kids, mm-hmm. but I- I'm thinking if I have children, I'm giving birth. I want my best friend there, my mother, like somebody very near and dear to me. And, you know, it's frightening. But for one lady, it was a little bit more frightening than that. And she wasn't the one giving birth. So Haley Custer from Arizona thought the same thing when she helped her best friend deliver her baby after she went into labor and she took her to the hospital. Um, After the birth of her friend's baby, however, she quickly discovered that the baby's father was actually her husband of six years, which she only came to the conclusion of this after spotting a rare birth defect on the baby's neck. So she only knew this because you guys, again, she was in the delivery room there with her friend. She was technically like, I think it said in the article, um, this was in the Daily Mail. Oh my gosh. She said that like she cut the umbilical cord of her friend's baby. So she saw the baby fresh mm. from the womb and was like, oh my God, this precious baby. But after they cleaned the baby up and she held the baby, she noticed that birth defect. And I forgot how they described the birth defect, but it's like a small um, growth, almost like a skin tag that her husband has and all of her children have as well as her husband's family members so that's how she knew for a fact it was her husband's baby so Haley's story went viral on tiktok with over 3.4 million views after she shared the revelation on video and to make matters worse after confronting her husband he confessed to being a serial adulterer with a string of multiple affairs. Like he didn't claim any more kids, but he did say it was more than just your friend. Wow. Oh man, I don't even know what I would do. I mean, can you imagine? Like I'm just here for the birth of my child's beautiful baby. We've been talking about this. You know, if, if I'm in my friend's delivery room, more than likely I've been there for her throughout her entire pregnancy. So oh, that is some shady business. I don't know. I mean, obviously you're just done with the guy. I hope she's done with the guy. I hope she doesn't take him back. I don't care how many kids you got together. No. For sure. And it's said they, I, I think they had at least four children, her and her husband, but One thing that she did make mention of is despite the infidelity, she has offered her house to the same friend because she had nowhere else to go. And she still took into consideration that her children are still this baby siblings. So she didn't want to kind of put that friction between them and felt like, hey, I can be the bigger person here. And also she took into consideration like some more background they provided on the story was that Haley, the woman whose husband it was, um, prior to meeting her husband, she had had some issues with substance abuse. And so when she met her husband, she had cleaned up and had her children and this friend was still in that lifestyle. So she felt like She didn't have anybody. She was trying to get her life together, but technically she was all she had. So again, she decided to be the bigger person, but I'm like, damn, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, you are definitely a bigger person than I would be able to be because I would be like, you need to get her out of the room before I kill her (laughs) and him. And, you know, no. Oh my God. But you would think like, Mm -hmm. why would people not have any more? Like, I don't know what and two for a her first of all, her husband is very bold because for you to have a birth defect that is very much hereditary and not think, right. If I mess with this woman and she has this child, there is going to be some feature indicating a relation. Yeah. 
I blame men. At the end of the day, I'm always taking women's side and blame the well, men. Yeah, totally. I mean, it takes two to tango, right? And don't women always get mad at the girl? And it's like, no, no, no your man was the one stepping out. Like he, he's the problem. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. She's wrong too. Cause she's your friend. Hello. But like, you know, it, yeah, very That's messed up again. Haley, you're the bigger person you've wanted life. I'm sure you have like, yeah adjusted your good karma for the next 100 years in reincarnations because it's that takes a lot I don't yeah I'm like you Karen I don't think I could do that I would just be like that's oh. why I put a tracker on my husband I know everyone I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I know everywhere he goes I'm just kidding I did once download software though on our computer that showed every single keystroke oh no now you know what I always think about stuff like that but I think honestly if my partner put on like (laughs) some type of search like to keep track of my location in search engines they would be very much unamused like damn all this bitch right get coffee and google search Nicki Minaj lyrics at 3 a.m like it's not that she's not that entertaining Oh no, I would like watch him like rewrite an email to me. And like, I'm like, why did you change that? Like what? Like that was like, it was so boring. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this episode has been hilarious. Karen, thank you so much for joining me to talk about your book and vaginas and, you know, the ins and outs of having one, regardless of the fact that most people are not going to use the correct terminology because that's just how life is. But please tell my listeners where they can find you at. Yeah, definitely. So karenfreeland.com is the best place to go and it's got all my social links, but um, I do a lot on Instagram at karenfreeland. Um, The book is available on barnesandnoble.com or Amazon. um, And a portion of the proceeds are going to Alliance for Period Supplies. So every time you buy a book um, and the holidays are coming up, so stock up and get them all for your girlfriends, um, you're going to be helping women in need who can't afford tampons and period underwear and all the other period products. Um, So love what Alliance for Period Supplies is doing. They have 125 chapters here in the U.S. So um, yeah, so check it out. Yes. Again, you guys purchase her book, follow Karen online. And like she said, the um, profit from the book goes for a good cause because, you know, we all know how expensive feminine products are. The pink text is a thing. Do your research. But you guys, that has been it for this week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.